If you're a real child of God, do you think that God is going to let you get away with your sin? No way. But, if you're not a child of God, you may think you're getting away with it, but it's a day of judgment coming. You see? God deals instantly by chastising us, those that believe in Him, those that are His children. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for joining us today for an uplifting look at God's astounding goodness. As Roll explores how King David unsuccessfully attempted to cover his guilt, you'll get a challenge to acknowledge any unconfessed sin in your life. Stay with us for assurance that God is quick to forgive and restore those who come to Him in genuine repentance. Now here's Roll Reese with today's lesson. Psalm 32 is a very interesting psalm. It's a psalm of God's forgiveness. It's a psalm that uh, is called penitential psalm. There are seven of them that are written in the Old Testament. Many commentators related to closely to Psalm 51, but it's not really the same. But they say it's the same situation when David committed adultery with Bathsheba. And, and David did an incredible thing. He was the king of Israel. And what is amazing is that in the law of God, it is established, when you read Exodus chapter 20 in the Ten Commandments, that one of the things that God had set up is that anybody that would commit adultery, it was the pronouncement of death on that person. The penalty was paid with your own life. You would have to be stoned to death. And David really connived a little bit, lied. And when he committed his sin with Bathsheba, it was pretty interesting that he pulled himself out of the battle. Instead of the Lord pulling him out of the battle, he came home to take some R&R. And when he came home, he was in his beautiful palace, and he was on top of the actual palace looking down over the city of Jerusalem. And it just happened that below him was Bathsheba's house, and she was on top of the flat roof in that culture, and she was bathing at this particular time, and David saw her, and she was beautiful. And she was a married woman, married to Uriah. And David, when he looked at Bathsheba, he could have looked and he could have forgotten about it, but David not only looked, he began to desire her. That's where sin comes in. And he couldn't get her off his mind. And so because he was the king of Israel, he went ahead and he had her brought to the house where he lived on top of this hill in the kingdom, and he brought her in, and he slept with her, knowing that it was wrong. I think all of us have sinned in one way or another, when we know what is truth, and yet we go ahead and we are deceived in doing what is not right. We sin against God. No one is perfect. 
David wasn't perfect, but David willfully did that. And when David sinned against Bathsheba and against God, the moment he was through with her, he got rid of her. Send her back home. And what's amazing is when we sin, it's bad. But when we hide our sin, it's worse. <laughs> He'll expose it for everybody to know it. He says, you hid it, but I will shout it from the top of the house. I'll tell everybody what you did. And then there's other people that when they get caught, like Judas, they say, well, I'm sorry. I really didn't mean it. And they start spilling the beans. You see, that's not true repentance. Not true confession. True confession, true repentance is when nobody knows and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you go and you make confession before God and you truly repent and you turn from it and you start going the opposite way. David hid his sin. He thought everything was going to be cool when he sent her home. And then a few weeks went by and David received a letter with one of his uh, army guys that was helping him out. And he came, one of the guards came and handed him over a letter. And David went inside, he opened the letter. And in the letter it said, David, I'm pregnant with child. And that just really began to irritate David. You know what it's like whenever we sin against God and you find out that your sin is going to be exposed and people will try to do everything in their power to cover up so that never gets out. But eventually it gets out. David did the same thing. David came to that place where he found out about it through the letter. And he probably could not sleep all night long. And Satan saw the opportunity. So he came and began to harass his mind. Began to harass David. And said, David, what are you going to do about it? Now everybody's going to know about your sin. And by the way, David, Bathsheba has a husband. And he is fighting your battles in the front lines. With the Israeli army. And here you've taken his wife. And so David thought about it and he paced back and forth. And then Satan got busy and he said, Hey, listen, David, I know what you can do. Why don't you go ahead and take Uriah and invite him home? Bring him home. Give him some R&R. Write a little letter to your cousin Joab and send it with a messenger. And send Uriah home so that he can come home. And when he comes home, Why don't you go ahead and prepare a party for him? Have some food. Have some wine. Bring him in. Make him feel at home and comfortable. Make him eat. Make him drink. And then say, hey Uriah, why don't you go home now and enjoy your wife? And then that night as he was leaving, Uriah on his way home saw his men standing outside from the battle. And he thought, man, how can I go home to my wife when these guys don't get to go home to their wives? I think I'll just sleep outside with them. And he did. It shows you his character. And as he slept outside the next morning, David thought he had accomplished what he intended to do. And he was real joyous and real happy. And then they came and said, hey, David, did you know that last night Uriah 
was going home, but then he saw his men and he decided not to go home to his wife, but he slept outside on the floor with all of his men. And David said, what? Are you kidding me? No, he did. And David started again being restless within himself. He said, oh no, man, that's going to be it. I'm dead. People are going to find out what's happening. And the devil came again and gave him another idea. And said, hey, David, why don't you go ahead and have a second party for him? And bring him in, give him to eat, give him to drink, but a little more drink today than yesterday. And when he's feeling pretty good, then send him home. And he'll go home to his wife. And David thought, wow, that's a good one. I'll do that for sure. And so he invited him. He came in. They ate. They drank. They talked. And then... He said, okay, you can go home now. And he was going home. But what he did not know, David forgot about it, is that God was in control of his life. And Bathsheba, and Uriah, and Joab. And so what happened is that as he's going home, the next morning David wakes up and he's feeling pretty good because he's accomplished his mission. And all of a sudden, he hears that Uriah never made it home, but he passed out. Now he's really worrying. What am I going to do now? And as he paced back and forth, and he thought in his mind, how can I cover my sin? The Bible says, if you cover your sin, you won't prosper. You won't prosper. Until confession and repentance is made. One sin will lead you to another lie and to another sin. So David, in thinking, what am I going to do? That little voice came of Satan and said, David, I know what you can do. And this time you can be successful. Why don't you go ahead and write a letter to Joab, your cousin. He's the general in the battle. And write it and say, Joab, this is David the king. Why don't you go ahead and put Uriah in the front lines and then withdraw thyself and have him killed? That's murder. Adultery and not murder. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Our phone number, if you'd like to contact us anytime, is 800-634-9165 or stop by somebodylovesyou.com. For more Bible-based guidance for your daily life, catch Straight Talk with Raul every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific on his YouTube channel. Now let's get back to the message. And as David wrote that letter, guess who he gave it to? He gave it to Uriah to cure his own death warrant. And he didn't even know it. He could have peaked. But he was so faithful. And he was such a man with integrity. That he took it to the battle. And when he got there, he said to Joab, Hey, the king sent this letter to you. Here it is. Mission accomplished. And Joab opened it up. David's cousin. And he read it. And he said, Whoa, okay. Hey, Uriah, come here. We're going to go up here to the front of the line. We're going to go into battle. And as they took him into battle, they withdrew themselves and they had him killed. And then Joab wrote back, David, mission accomplished, Uriah is dead. And now David felt so good. Okay, now nobody will know for sure. And the first thing David did, 
is he called Bathsheba to come in and move in with him. You know why? Because now I can cover my sin and say, I'm going to marry Bathsheba. She's going to be my wife. And this is my baby now for sure. You see? Covering your sin. Nine months went by and she was going to have a baby. And the baby came and the baby got sick. And the men outside were standing outside and Bathsheba was there with the baby. The baby was very ill. And then David heard that the baby died. The baby died. And they said to David, David, don't you care that the baby died? He says, you know what? The baby now is in the presence of the Lord. And he got up and he left. And the Bible says that later on, after nine months went by, almost a year and a half, after David had completed his mission, God sent a prophet by the name of Nathan to him. And in the 12th chapter, we see that uh, Nathan comes in and is asking for an audience before the king. And he says, Oh, King David, I'm here and I want to speak a parable to you. He says, You know, there was this rich man and he was going to have a party and his neighbor was real poor and he only had one ewe lamb and he loved him like a little pet, you know, like a little pet dog. I mean, his children loved it. And the rich man thought, you know, why should I kill my lambs? I'll go next door and this guy's poor. He only has one lamb. I'll take it and I'll kill it and barbecue it and give it to my guests. And David was listening. When the Nathan the prophet came to that part and said that he took the lamb and killed it and gave it to his guests, David became furious and said, that man deserves to die. And then Nathan the prophet said, you're that man. You're that man. You took somebody's wife, you committed adultery with her, and then you killed her husband. And then you hid your sin. And at that particular moment, David's heart was crushed. And he confessed and said, I have sinned against God. It was revealed completely. May God help us not to wait until our sin is revealed, but let's get to it quickly. Let's confess it. Let's repent of it. Before it's expressed out and proclaimed from the housetops. Because anytime any one of us sin, it's not just you that's going to be hurting. It's going to be your wife, your husband, or your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, their family, your family, your friends, their friends, and the whole world. It's like dominoes. One person's sin hurts everybody. And it's really sad because David, in coming to his repentance, the Lord said that David was a man after God's own heart. That's incredible that he said that. That David had a heart after God's own heart. And when David repented, listen, there's a law that God gives to us. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. Even though God forgave him for his sin, David began to reap the consequences of his sin through his daughter, through his sons, and through his whole family. And yet David, when he came to that place where he was bummed out and he encouraged himself in the Lord, he began to write little prayers. 
Here's Psalm 32. He writes, and, and listen to what he writes. Let's read the psalm, and then we'll expound on it. Psalm 32, beginning with verse 1. Oh, how happy is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Notice that. A transgression is totally different than a sin, right? A transgression is a willful act where you plan it and you do it. Transgression. You see? Where the word sin, it's harmakia and it means to miss the mark. We all miss the mark every day. There are sins of ignorance and there are transgressions that we commit against God when you plan it and you think about it and then you go ahead and you do it and you don't think of the consequences that it will bring. Here David is confessing, Oh, how happy is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity in whose spirit there is no deceit. And when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all day long. Notice the physical consequences when sin is in your life. Not only does it affect you emotionally, it will affect you physically. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. See, David is writing the psalm out of all that happened to him when God's hand was crushing him because he wouldn't repent. The hand of God, just like in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read and see what he says there because you get the picture here in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, let me read it to you. In verse 3 he says, He says, For consider him who endured for such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you come worry and discourage in your souls. And then he goes on in verse 4, For you who have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you forgotten the exhortation that speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. From whom the Lord loves, He chastens and scorches every son whom He receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not he chasten? I mean, if you're a real child of God, do you think that God is going to let you get away with your sin? No way. No way. But, if you're not a child of God, you may think you're getting away with it, but it's a day of judgment coming. You see? God deals instantly. By chastising us, those that believe in Him, those that are His children. He goes on to say this too, verse 8. But if you are without chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are an illegitimate and not a son. You see? If you can get away with your sin and God not chasing you, then you're illegitimate. You're not a son. You're not a daughter of God. You're a non-believer. There are no sons, there are no daughters that can get away with their sin before God. No way. God will not allow it. Then he goes on to say this. Verse 9, Furthermore, we have had human fathers who correct us and we pay them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? 
For they indeed for a few days chasten us, as it seems best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present time, but painful nevertheless. Afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You see? If you're not a real child of God, then you're in trouble. But if you're a real child of God, just like a father corrected his sons or his daughters, and they don't let him get away with anything, then how much more God will not let you get away with anything yourself. Because what he's going to do in disciplining your life, he's going to bring you into holiness and peace. He doesn't do it because he hates you. It's because he loves you. He chastens you. That's why no real Christian can get away with sin. No way. And be at peace. There's no way. David said here, again in Psalm 32, When I kept silent, verse 3, My bones grew old through the groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turning to drought of summer. Notice, Selat, which means a pause. And then I acknowledge my sin to you. And my iniquity have I not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. For this cause. Everyone who is godly shall pray to you. In a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters. They shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. And then what? I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. And I will guide you with my eye. Interesting. We hope you've been encouraged today to learn how David experienced the Lord's full pardon even after he'd attempted to cover up his sin and hesitated to confess. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's program again, we'll be glad to send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching titled God's Forgiveness. As you take an honest look at your life and consider whether you need to make things right with God, we'd like to tell you about a reassuring resource from Rawl titled, Understanding God's Compassion. It's a four-chapter booklet that further explores the forgiveness, restoration, provision, and protection you can enjoy in communion with the Lord. Don't wait. To order Rawl's booklet titled, Understanding God's Compassion, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Never before has it been so easy to get Rawls' teaching to take with you. Whether you're a daily commuter or you're in your home environment, the Somebody Loves You Radio podcast is a great way to listen to these programs on your schedule. It's also a convenient way to hear a particular series from beginning to end. Check out our podcast when you go to Spotify or iTunes and start listening today. 
You're able to enjoy these programs because some generous person in the past gave financially. If you appreciate what you've heard today, then consider helping someone else by sharing a contribution with Somebody Loves You Radio. Every donation is tax-deductible and is an eternal investment in people's lives all over the world. Join us next time as we continue this series with more insight into God's gracious heart. You'll see that if you choose a path of disobedience and attempt to hide your sin from the Lord, you'll damage your relationship with Him and miss out on His richest blessings. Here's Rawl with a closing comment. Do not be like the horse or like the mule. Notice that. Don't be stubborn. Don't be stubborn. Don't be proudful. Humble yourself. He says, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bridle, or else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Notice that. What an incredible psalm. Notice here that David has experienced the forgiveness of God in his own personal life. And after falling with Bathsheba into adultery, he now has peace in his life. And yet, there are people that cannot experience the peace of God because they don't understand the forgiveness of God in their lives. And yet, every one of us can be forgiven completely. Remember in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. It is important that condemnation moves me away from the cross of Jesus Christ, where conviction brings me to the foot of the cross to be forgiven as I repent and confess my sins. I am falling in love. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.